<laughs> You're now listening to the Inside Out Podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it. Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple, to improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think may be able to help you become mentally fitter. And quite often it leads me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. Today I want to tell you some stories about benchmarking your mental fitness progress and why it's so important. And with me today to tell those stories is my lovely wife, Libby Grace. Hi, Libby. Hi, Jimmy Hunt. So nice of you to come into our room. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. When I went home to New Zealand last year, I put on eight kilograms in six months. Wasn't my fault, though. I blame my mother. And it's my mother's fault. Because she loves me too much, and she loves me with baking. Not cooking so much, baking. Lemon slice, my favorite. Chocolate chip cookies, yep. Brownies, yep. Peanut butter cookies, yep. Rocky Road. Rocky Road. How can I forget Rocky Road? That's your favorite. That's, that's your my most favorite, favorite favorite. That she makes the most amazing Rocky Road. Yeah. One day I told her to not bake me anything. And that lasted about four or five days before she baked a tray of something. And then I left it. I had self-control for like three days before she came up to me and went, how come um, I, need, I need to get rid of that uh, Rocky Road in the fridge? Um, it's taking up the space. Can you, can you start eating it? I was like, I literally told you a week ago that I couldn't. But yes, I will. And I ate it all. Uh, I needed that she needed fridge space, baby. Oh uh, yeah, she the the self control of the fridge needed exactly. But here's the thing: I didn't really notice putting on that eight kilograms. Like it just sort of turned up. <laughs> when I got back to Mexico, I became reasonably conscious of that eight kilograms because I walk around here all day, every day, shirtless. Mm. I had to kind of look at myself, pass a mirror and go, ooh, a bit bigger than I used to be. And you were, weren't tan either. Yeah, and so I'd spend, I'd spend winter, yeah, white, white skin looks worse uh, <laughs> with the extra pounds put on. And so I decided I was going to lose those eight kilograms, and it took me about three months. Uh, I'm down 10 kilograms now from since when I got back. It's actually quite a lot of weight. You're just basically <laughs> bones now and, yeah, and a beard. Don't have much. Uh, I got beard, bones, and a little bit of a tummy left. But uh, <laughs> I'm not changing my diet, so. Oh, uh, my God, no. I couldn't possibly do that. No. <laughs> no, I will not. Um, but here's the thing is that it took me three months to lose those eight kilograms because I was noticing it all the time, Right. I noticed it because I was conscious of it and I was conscious about it because I was measuring it. I have a smart scale and that scale does all sorts of smart, clever things, tracks my a whole bunch of body measurements and it puts it into an app and then that app tracks those measurements over time, basically on a, on a scale. 
and I can visually see how I'm trending and I'm motivated to keep it trending in a certain way. I also, not with a lot of motivation, but I'm also kind of trying to get fitter cardiovascularly. And so in order to measure that, I do a beep test. And people may remember back to school or whatever where beep tests were uh, the devil. But basically, if you don't know what a beep test is, it's a 20-meter run, but you have to do it to the beep. And the first beep takes 10 seconds, so it's actually quite a slow – it's a walk to get to the other end. And then it beeps, and you go back the other way. And then the beeps get subsequently smaller – so you have to get faster and faster and faster and faster and faster until you fall over and almost die from lack of oxygen. And whatever level you almost die at, that's your VO2 max level, and that's how fit you are. And so, yeah, I do that periodically. And I can track if I'm getting fitter or less fit depending on the results of that test. But your mental fitness journey is a very interesting one because it's kind of abstract, subjective. But most of all, it is usually not measured. I mean, how far have I come in the last 10 years in regards to my mental fitness? Who knows? A really, really long way. I think it's a long way, right? Yeah. Like I I think I've I think I've come a long way. I think I've come a, a lot is my answer. Yeah. But it's really not quantifiable in any way. Objectively. Yeah, scientifically no. Yeah, right? Like uh, there's some subjective measures that we can put in there. Mm-hmm. In my mental fitness continuum, I I divide up the five categories, the zero to 20, 20 to 40, so on. And I've given them sort of emotions or states from severe discomfort to discomfort to the okay neutral state to the growth state and then contentment. And so, you know, 10 years ago, and th- these, these emotions are not daily emotions. These are averaged over like a month. And so... You know, my months 10 years ago were, a lot of them were in discomfort. Some of them were okay. Some of them dropped back down into severe discomfort, but mostly they kind of stayed around discomfort. And then over the last 10 years, now I've got to a place like my months are pretty content with a bunch of growth thrown in there as well. And so I can sort of see a, uh, an improvement in that time when I average out my months, if I try and look back on it. One of the other ways that I can benchmark sort of my progress is through reactions and reactions to events. And a good example uh, is literal car crashes. Sort of 12, 15 years ago, I had a car crash. Ruined my day, ruined my week, ruined my month. Still thinking about it (laughs) months and months later, like just really fucked with me. And the day I was delivering my last book, this woman hit me in the car and I was like, oh, 
That's okay. Don't worry about it. You're all good. We'll fix it. We'll get it sorted. No drama. And so two similarish events had vastly different reactions. And if I sort of check in on more of those things, or even it takes me less time to process events than it used to. Would you agree on that, Libby? Yeah, it does. You used to hang on to a bad moment. A bad moment for you would stretch into, in my experience, several days, potentially longer depending on what the moment was. Um, But, yeah, recently. We can get it down to several hours maybe. Yeah, like even the biggest ones. Like, I mean, there's when there's really gnarly stuff going on for you, it might last for a day and maybe hang over to the next day, but that's very, very rare, whereas it used to be the norm for you. So now, yeah, you process, you process the big, heavy emotions quite rapidly. Faster. Yeah. So definitely, definitely progress. For sure. Um, but again, pretty sort of arbitrary benchmarking there. Like we're just sort of, okay, kind of get it. We're seeing progress, but I really do have to have the conscious choice of checking in on that progress because it's not really a thing that sort of shows itself all that often. You know, both the examples of, of sort of the car crashes and the processing, they do require a certain amount of self-awareness. You actually need to notice that those things have happened, that you're reacting differently to what you did two years ago or, you know, let alone two weeks ago. So one way to be a little more systematic on benchmarking is journaling. We know that our memories are feeble at best, right? And mine worse than pretty much anybody's. She scoffs to herself. No, I don't don't think it's... Yeah, no, you're right. It's pretty much the worst memory I've, I've encountered. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? If I had a grandmother who had Alzheimer's <laughs> when she was very old. So, yeah, saying something. Right. And so what that does is, I mean, I'm a, so I'm the sharp end of the stick in that example, but it's very hard for us to tr- time travel ourselves back to our past selves and be able to accurately remember how we felt or how we reacted in that time. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we start journaling, and journaling can be as simple as writing down what you did that day, writing down how you felt that day, or you can even sum up an entire week if you just do it once a week, even about how you felt about the week or what was going on. But then at the end of the year, You can have a read-through and be able to really accurately observe how you were feeling at those times, how correct you were with those feelings and assumptions, really seen from a place of hindsight, and you can see how those reactions and feelings changed over the course of a year, or two, or five. So I would highly recommend, I mean, even at its easiest even as he's benchmarking once a month in a journal, like at the end of the month going, 
it can be five sentences long. Mm. You know, this is how I felt. This is how my I averaged my month out. I think I did good or bad at these things. Just really simple, simple benchmarking. And the thing, the people that do benchmarking the best in our current climate is actually companies. There's a lot of companies who are looking at benchmarking the well-being of their employees. Like if you actually Google, and I did this in research, benchmark benchmarking mental fitness or benchmarking mental wellness, benchmarking mental health, all of the results are for corporate entities that are trying to sell the benchmarking to corporate clients. Right. As a product. As a product. Great. Like you can't actually just buy it as a like individual. Yeah. These are companies that are just uh, selling it to other companies, business to business. And companies are now seeing that it is really profitable for them to benchmark the wellness of their employees to see how they're trending as an organization. Mm-hmm. Because if they wait for arbitrary stories or feedback or whatever, it can be two years of a massive slide. And now the culture in their company is all fucked up and they've lost a bunch of money because of it. So they want to be able to track that in real-ish time. I feel like as well there's a lot of investment in more recent years into the wellness of the human resource. Absolutely. And if I know anything about corporate organizations is that there has to be a report on something. You've got to quantify your results. So if you're in the wellness um HR, division safety. yeah if yeah. you're in if you're in the people and culture area you you're reporting to somebody on your yep. results so and you want to see facts and figures yeah so you have to have a quantifiable result which is i mean like we've been saying it's nearly impossible when you're talking about an abstract concept so yeah i'd be fascinated to see how how that benchmarking is actually done and yep what kind of results uh, companies are, are getting these days. Yeah, well, we're not companies here, so we're, yeah. not, we're, not, here, we're not here to talk about companies. And so there is, there is a distinctive lack of benchmarking for personal mental fitness, personal wellness. Mm. And there is a company that's come along and Yay. done a personal one. Which I wish we I, had done that. Well, I'm an advisor on this company, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I love so, how you ran that past your business manager. So, so we kind of have, baby, oh, uh, but you just had nothing to do with it. You need to set this thing up at our Monday morning meetings and nah, actually I don't need to tell anyone explain. about it. Okay. It's just uh, a guy that I met on my book tour uh, 18 months ago when I was had my sign going through uh, New Plymouth a guy called Ben, and he is a lovely man. And he has, well, I mean, he has uh, bipolar and he wanted to find a way to benchmark himself better. And so he's just ended up developing a a broader uh, well-being app that benchmarks you over time. Okay. And so you... Do it daily. Like a how are you feeling? What's your mood like? You know, what's Correct. your energy level? There's sort of about 10 questions a day yeah. on a sliding scale. 
and it uh, you put them in and it sort of tells you where you're at and it can even suggest things over time if it sees you mm-hmm. trending in a particular way. It's currently in beta. Mm-hmm. It is on the App Store uh, on iPhone and Google um, Android in New Zealand, and it's called Wellstream. W-E-L-L-S-T-R-E-A-M, Wellstream. And so... Not available in Mexico. It is, so, no. So it's only available... Right, try it. It's only available in New Zealand stores at the moment, I do believe. Um, but I highly suggest you go and check that out if you're interested. We need more of this. We need Ben's to do really well, but yeah. we also need more of these around the world. Hopefully, hopefully this becomes something that uh, he can put. And one of, the, you know, one of the things I'm suggesting for him is to sell this to corporates as well Great um, idea. in order to fund uh, yeah. he, I development. Mean, like him and I, he's already, he got funding, um, which is how he made it, um, uh-huh. which is really good, got grants for it. But um, you know, as him and I are in the same sort of mold, we'd like everyone just to have this for free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. You but guys. shit's got to get paid for. So <laughs> why am I surrounded by people who want to work for free? Because these people need this help for free. That's why. I know. And and eat. so um, you know, there's a um, there's a business model there for selling it to corporates at you know twenty bucks per person per month or whatever, but then offering it to everyone else for free. I mean, that's great because I don't use it um, at the moment as much, but. My phone, that I have a Samsung phone and it has the Samsung Health app in it and that's got so many different categories that I can choose to track. I don't choose to track all of them because I'm not really that interested, but, you know, everything from your basic, your step count through to your heart rate, to your, yeah. um, to your if you're a female, it, it, um, you can track your menstrual flow or menstrual cycle, I should say. Um, and, yeah, you can ju- jump in and... Um, track the things that you want to. And I love sometimes seeing um, a trend or how, I, how, I, if, how I've been feeling actually relates in any kind of quantifiable data. It's quite fascinating, but there's nothing on there that's, I don't think there's anything on there that's how, is you, how are you feeling? No, I'm, I, I'm looking it up right now just to, just to double check. Yeah, um, like how no, is your energy? No, it doesn't measure and... your menstrual flow. Sorry, it does, it I misspoke. It doesn't, it doesn't collect <laughs> milliliters. Um, well, maybe it should. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I love but, that you uh, hone in on my one, my one verbal just typo. I just, thought of, I just thought about your, your phone collecting the flow and measuring it. I was no, like, that doesn't I'm quite not, work. There's a whole – there's – a whole other podcast around that, but yeah, no, it's just literally all uh, physical things from from the calories you eat, the water you drink, blood pressure, blood oxygen, blood glucose, stress levels, activity levels, heart rate. No, nah. yep. So it's, all, it's you probably don't even get offered the option of your menstrual cycle because you're you're registered no, as says, a man. No, it says oh, track it women's health. Oh, is that what it call? They calls it women's health. Yeah, it's in the women's health. Category. Oh, the cute little name for it. Yeah, but the point is, like, comes act. Comes standard, comes on, on phone. our phone. Yeah. As hey, track all of these physical physical health. attributes. Yeah. Like down to the blood glucose, blood all yeah. the things, right? Yeah. Whereas, whereas, hey, track your moods. No. Yeah. Interesting. And so, whether you want to get the Wellstream app 
or whether you want to buy a whole system for your business or whatever. And maybe you can find another one. I can't seem to find one. But in my searching, I actually came across a woman. Turns out she lives in Wellington. And she is a clinical psychologist. Her name is Karen Nimmo. And she's just done a pretty simple self-test. And because we're all useful individuals here, good self-starters, go-getters, this is one that you kind of have to do yourself. No fancy apps. Basically write it down on the piece of paper. And I will put a link to this in the show notes. But this is Karen Nimmo's self-test. And she's basically divided the activities of the mind into mood, emotions, and thoughts. And so this is not a yes-no test because the mind does not and should not function in black and white. But basically, you need to give yourself a rating of one to three for each of the statements. One is excellent, thumbs up, yay. Two is average, and three is could do better. And so the first one, and so this is something that we could do daily if we need to, but we probably don't. Weekly would probably be good, probably great. Monthly would be good. Yearly would do fuck all. <laughs> um, right, your mood. So basically everyone has ups and downs, days where they feel sad or frustrated compared to content and relaxed. But an optimistic, stable outlook outlook has a significant positive spin-off for your mental health. So the question is, my moods are stable within reason. I generally feel good about my life and approach most days with optimism. Mm. So for me, I'm a one. I'm excellent on those right now. The My moods are stable within reason has a lot to do with my episode and my chapter in my book around what I call mental fitness elasticity. And when we have low mental fitness, we have very high elasticity. Our moods are not stable. They're up and down all over the place. If you're in the middle, they're sort of mildly bouncy. When you're up the top, you're far less infl- you're far more inflexible with your moods. They're just small bounces up and down. So one, two, or three on your mood. On your emotions. Basically, we all have worries and problems that trigger reactions, and the important thing is to be able to manage them. So the question: I express both positive and negative emotion in healthy ways. And I manage my feelings without letting them erode my relationships work, and other activities. And in brackets, my family, boss, workmates, and friends would agree. (laughs) Key. (laughs) This is key. Key, 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 right? (laughs) Um, And so, you know, it's good here that she's put, I express both my positive and negative emotions in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. We're not telling you you have to be happy Mm 24-7. Exactly. Like you can have negative emotions, but there's just a real difference in having negative emotions and processing them in a healthy way compared to 
being a fucking dick about them and letting them run rampant and cause pain and anger. Mm-hmm. I He doesn't listen to this podcast. Won't mind me talking about him. It's our friend, Jesse. Oh, hey, Jesse. It will be in the office soon. <laughs> we share an office with Jesse um, here in Puerto. I also coach Jesse in tennis. <laughs> Jesse has a stressful job. <laughs> Jesse can get quite angry about his stressful job. <laughs> Jesse likes to come to tennis and smack the shit out of the balls. I love it. And so I don't, like on those days, I don't even bother coaching him. Yeah. Right. I just give him short balls <laughs> that, are, that he can just absolutely tee of. off on and smack the shit out of them. <laughs> Jesse is processing his negative emotions in a healthy way. I want to give a shout out to Jesse because he, he clearly does have a very high stress job, but in the office he he doesn't you know when he's having a, a busy, tough day because he's just very quiet. Yeah. But he doesn't you know, he doesn't express outwardly any anger or any emotion that yeah. some people might. So he I, expresses his negative emotions in a, in a healthy, healthy way. way. He goes and smashes a tennis ball. I love that. Yeah, he goes He goes for long walks with his dog. Yeah. Um, he has a bunch of coping mechanisms for his high-stress yeah. environment. And hey, so, And so when he's sitting here, he might be, yeah, like I'm – at least average, mm. but probably might even be excellent, mm. even though I've had a stressful month mm-hmm. because mm. I am able to manage them. Yeah. And you're like, fucking yay me for being under pressure, mm-hmm. but still being able to manage those emotions. And in the, in the parentheses, his workmates, that's Agree. us. <laughs> that's us. And his friends, that's, that's us. us. We and his would boss ag- at tennis, that's yeah, you. <laughs> I'm, I'm his boss at tennis, yeah. That, that we would agree. Yeah. We would agree. So that's good. Then number three is your thoughts, right? Overthinking and distraction are hugely common in busy lifestyles and can erode performance and peace of mind as well as eat away at relationships. So the question is, my thinking is mainly clear and decisive. I am able to focus and be fully present for whatever I'm doing and whoever I'm with. And I can think flexibly when, I, when the situation requires it. And I, again, I like this. My thinking is mainly clear and decisive. Because mm. we no, don't need to judge ourselves on like the smallest little bits. We're looking more generalized, and especially if this is over a week, mm-hmm. right? So this week, yeah, my thinking was mainly clear and decisive. I'm able to focus and be fully present on whatever I'm doing. Yeah, I've been pretty, haven't been distracted and overthinking. Yeah, okay, cool. And my thinking has been, you know, flexible when the situation requires it. Cool. One, excellent, great. Maybe two, maybe three. We could. We need to see, right? Number four, my stress levels. I mean, she says here, stress gets negative press, of course, but it's an integral part of life and can actually aid motivation and achievement. So the statement is, I manage stress well. I have at least one sound technique to counter stress and calm down that does not involve vigorous exercise or a screen. That's her parenthesis on this. Interesting. 
and I consistently remember to use it. Wait a second. So Jesse's hitting a ball is not managing that's, stress that, well. No, 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 no. That, that You can still use that, but it's not – it's not a technique. So what she's trying to explain here is that he will receive stress, but you can't ball it up or hold on until you can have your next tennis lesson. Gotcha. Okay. Right? So you need a sound technique okay, that you can employ because you can't just whip your top off, start running down the street. Like, <laughs> I need to go for a run. That's my serious, that's my stress relief. I and understand. Fuck yeah. It. So you need you need more than one technique, whether it's a breathing technique, whether mm. it's a meditation technique, whatever, uh, you know, stress ball yeah. technique. Drinking what, water. Drinking water, yeah. like whatever it is, you need to have Grounding. one of those yeah. that you can do. Or, you know, even just maybe it's a, a song yeah. and you, you put your headphones on for five minutes, you know, where you can do that anywhere. Mm. And then I consistently remember to use it. Yeah. <laughs> because obviously these tools are useless unless we're actually employing them uh-huh. in our well being. And so, again, Jesse's a really good example of he's a man that is under stress, but that stress is producing good work. It's advancing his career to a point, blah, blah, blah. But is he managing his stress well? And he'd be a good example to ask this question to. And I think he'd probably say average. He's doing average. He could definitely do better, do better in managing his stress. Yeah. Well, could do better is actually a three. Yeah. So maybe he's actually a three in this one. Or between a two and a three maybe. Yeah, between a two and a three. But he's aware of it, which I like. Yeah, but these questions make you aware of it, yeah. which is the whole point of the benchmarking of this episode. Yeah, I know, but what I'm yeah. what I'm saying is that as a person, he's already he is already aware. So this would definitely help him put it into a quantifiable data and go, oh, that's yep. where I am. And the man likes a spreadsheet. He so loves well, he, he loves a spreadsheet. So uh, this would actually be quite good for him. Jesse, guess what I've got for you to do this week? Number five, your people. Our relationships hugely influence our day-to-day levels of happiness and distress. So the statement is, I feel positive about my key relationships. Partners, children, parents, close friends. I spend more time with people who enhance my life than those who detract And I do what I can to make my key relationships rich and rewarding. Good callback there to the podcast episode that I did on the five people closest to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, Asking the questions, are we spending more time with people who are enhancing it rather than detracting from it? Mm -hmm. So, for example, a job can be a real fucker in that because... You might be spending eight waking hours a day with people that are detracting from your well-being. Mm. And you just might be a, a three on this every single time simply because that's where you work and it's, and it's not good. I feel positive about my key relationships. So obviously being able to just check in and go, did I have a good week with my partner? Did I have a good week with my kids? 
we don't quite often reflect back on that well enough. Two more. Number seven, your future. One of the hallmarks of sound mental health is having optimistic view of the future. I can tell you right now from experience, the worse you get, the shorter the perspective gets of the future. It's about, does the next minute look okay? Does mm. the next you know, hour look okay? And the answer is usually no. So the statement is, I see my future as hopeful. I'm excited about my plans, possibilities, and dreams. I'm building a life that feels meaningful to me. Right now, I'm a one. I think that's excellent. I'm really looking forward to the future. I see a lot of places that I want to go with my life. Fucking yay. Good for me. Number eight is your extra dimension. So this includes the ability to dream in daylight hours, to think creatively, to invent things, to come up with fresh ideas. I have great ideas and I'm able to act on some of them. I have at least one healthy outlet for my creativity. And a note, all forms of creativity count. Answering I'm not creative earns you three points. <laughs> Everyone is creative. I like that. So I remember a long time ago, a while back, a guy came to me and he said, Jimmy, I've got a great idea. And uh, this was a guy who was pretty low on the mental fitness continuum at the time. And he's like, but he used to pride himself on being creative. And he came to me, I've got a great idea. I was like, cool, what is it? He's like, our, us, our friends, we all like to learn. We like to grow. And we like books. So what we should do is we should get all of our books and put them in a place and then we, like, we can then borrow from that place and then share the books together. And I was like, like, oh, cool. Like a library. Like a library? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this person? I love him. And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like a library. Oh, I love him so and, much. And like that, that, that as a statement really belies the state that he was in at the time. Yeah. Right? He wasn't in a good state. And that's the best idea he could come up with, right? And he wanted to come up with ideas, but it was hard for him to come up with ideas. And the further you move up the mental fitness continuum, the more creative you actually get. Yeah. Like you have better ideas, come up, think creatively, you think clearer, you have the ability to dream and see into the future, whereas, like I said before, you can't when you're not. And so, yeah, if you've said I'm not creative, three points for you. Mm. Um, two points if you're average on it and uh, one point if you're like, yep, being real creative. So the point then is to add up the total points that you have. So if you are one on all of them, you get add eight points. And uh, if you were three on all of them, 24 points. Right, so eight to twelve points. She says 
top of the class. You're in great mental shape. Try to identify why this is so and if it has always been this way because your answers hold the key to what works for you and that will help you to replicate and maintain it and return to it when times are tough. So if you are 8 to 12, write that blueprint down, sell Mm. it to people around the world. Well done. You're clocked it for you. If you're 12 to 18 points, you're middle of the pack, you're doing okay and any struggles might be due to current issues in your life, but take time to identify, one, your best areas so you can maintain them, and two, your biggest struggles so that you can put a little more focus on that part of your mental health. Pick one area and aim to get it up the grid for the next time. 18 plus points. She says, hmm. Oh, she's quite savage. (laughs) Yeah. There is room for improvement. Oh, my God. But you don't need me to tell you that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. This result doesn't mean you're unwell, just that you possibly need a friendly ear and some guidance as to how to make things better. All of tough love, I think. Don't be afraid to reach out. You're worth it. Okay. I mean, that's a nice shit sandwich. <laughs> but like, yeah. Going but it, from, oh, you're top of the class. Yay. To, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and that's just it. Like if you're answering uh, twos and threes and you're in that 18 plus points, it's a, hopefully a nice gentle <laughs> wake up call for you to go, right, Where can I improve? Where can I improve? What can I do? Maybe I do need to ask for help. Maybe I do need to engage with someone or something, or maybe I can figure this out myself. And hey, spend a week or two weeks or three weeks trying to figure it out yourself. Mm. Well, As long as you're measuring the following week. I think, okay, so this is what came to me right at the beginning is I have a question for Karen. I love this um, survey that she's, um, created, I think it, it asks some really good questions in a in a good way. But if you are in the eighteen plus, you're clearly not in a good space. Yeah. To think clearly, to yeah. think objectively, to think outside of the little world that you're in right now. So, what else does she suggest apart from go away and think about it? Because that, to me, somebody who's an eighteen plus is probably someone that ruminates on the bad stuff, probably somebody that doesn't have the capacity to, to think objectively about why they are where they are. So I, I, my question is, instead of, off you go, you've got this data now, go and fix yourself or go and think about what's wrong or think about what you can fix, what else do you do with that? Yeah, well, I mean, she's not trying to uh, solve everyone's problems in one benchmark um, thing like this is the whole point like benchmarking solves zero of your problems it just shows you where you're at exactly it just shows you where you're at and when we talked earlier about self-awareness that's one of the biggest problems is people don't objectively see where they're at mm. but it's only when you step on the scale mm. when you wrap that tape measure around you or when you fill out a quiz like this that you actually get an objective measured result And so hopefully if you are in like the 22 to 24 point range or the 18 plus range, you're like, yep, 
Maybe even you're like, yeah, fucking, yep, knew that was going to be the case. Yeah. Well, maybe now just by doing that, you've seen, well, shit, maybe I should actually go and ask someone. Mm. Like if you're, if you're at the 24, like you're probably not in a place to be able to help yourself. No. So please reach out. Anybody, reach out to me, reach out to Karen, reach out to a professional anywhere near you to be able to help you answer better in that score. And if you're like at 18 points or 19 points or, you know, somewhere in the 12 to 18 range, maybe you're in a, you're in a state where you can go, right, I'm actually going to try for a couple of weeks to be able to put some things in place on my own accord and see if I can improve my scores. Mm. And so for the next couple of weeks, every Sunday you do the test and you're like, oh, 17 points this week well, was better than the 19 last week. Mm. Maybe I'm going in the right direction. Then the following week, back to 19 points. Oh. Then the following week, still 19 points. Oh. Because you've measured that, you're like, well, okay, maybe this isn't working by myself. Maybe I need to find an external source to be able to help me. Mm. But maybe it goes 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12 over the course of 10 weeks. Mm. And you've seen yourself steadily improve. Like fucking what a beautiful thing that you've done for yourself. You've been able to uh, make yourself mentally fitter, but you've also been able to track your progress and actually understand that because in order to do that, you've had to go and change external parts of your life. You've had to implore some other habits whether it was getting up early, uh, drinking more water, starting to meditate, going and seeing a psychiatrist, counselor, whatever. Like you've had to do those external things in order to see these change. The change just didn't magically happen. And so you, but let's say you started drinking more water and going for a walk on the beach every morning. That's it. Nothing more than that. Like at the end of the week, you're like, eh, I don't know if I feel any better. But then you measure it and you're like, oh, I went from 19 to 17. Oh, okay. I must have done something. Mm. Well, I'll do it again this week. And then you're like, oh, well, now I'm still at 17. Then the week after, still at 17. Okay. So the water and the walking on the beach got me two points. Well, now I need something else to get me two more points. I better try something else. I better try something else. And so that's the whole point of this episode. That's the whole point of benchmarking. If we benchmark our mental fitness, just like we would benchmark our physical fitness or our weight, or even in a business, our productivity, our efficiency. If we do that, then we get to start to see the results and we can attribute those results to the changes that we've tried to make rather than trying to guess whether something was good or bad. Answer your question. Nailed it. Cool. That's the end of this episode. Start benchmarking your mental fitness, ladies and gentlemen, in some way, shape, or form. Download the Wellstream app, journal, or do this self-test from Karen. Like I said, I'll put it in the notes. Thank you very much for listening again. I appreciate you. I love you. And I will see you all next time. Bye-bye now. That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. See you next time.